Welcome, everybody, to the Bandit Radio Hour, including you queers, because we don't even care if it's after Pride Month. We're still inviting everybody. Uh, Thank y'all for tuning in. The downloads and views are blowing up, and uh, this has been really fun for me. Hope it is for y'all. I am here with my producer, Merce. Sound off. Hola. Yeah, but he's, he's not Mexican, if you couldn't hear the accent. That's the only word <laughs> I remember from Spanish class. There it goes. It works on our town. Uh, but welcome, everybody. We're, we've had a little bit of a delay in releases, but we're, we're going to get on top of that. Uh, we're coming at you tonight. With every, there's been so much since the last episode. Uh, from the Supreme Court, just ringing the bells in the culture war, bringing our country more united than ever. Uh, under this great federal system, uh, to <laughs> new world orders just getting announced left and right. Liberal, Li- new liberal, world li- order. liberal new world orders. Uh, which we're we're gonna get into that a little bit. <laughs> in the words of Kyle Kinane, they're waving it right in our faces. Uh, to the economy just doing great as far as the stock market and inflation and everything's under control. So Joe Biden says. Uh, but my honest opinion, I don't know how much, like, like I've lost uh, so much money. <laughs> yes, he has people. Yes. Yeah. That's why we're here. Uh, that, that's what gave birth these hard times to the bandit radio hour. Uh, we record podcasts and I scrap copper. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I am looking at a pile of copper in the corner, right? Right next to his law study, uh, guide thing. Well, homeboy's going to be a lawyer. <laughs> Man of many talents. Yep, we're, we're going to see him make it work. Or the lack thereof. Yes. Uh, but hey, I want to start this off, really, with wishing all of you, fellow patriots, a very happy 4th of July. Uh, I hope all of you end the weekend with all your fingers. Yes, yes, and not not like some of the pictures I've already seen of, yeah, there, there's some grisly stuff out there. Uh, patriotism has consequences. <laughs> hey, hey, true patriotism. <laughs> they they put their digits on the line to celebrate our forefathers' victory over them dadgum lemony, lemony brats. Lemony? Limey. Limey, Limey Brits. <laughs> yes, that's the correct slang from the 1800s, 1700s, whatever. Uh, you know, one thing I, I really want to get into is I know a lot and I'm stealing a little bit of this from Dave Smith, but I, he makes such a fantastic point. You know, we center a lot of our phrasing with this, with this country around the Constitution, and that was the creation of the federal system. But, you know, like, this country was a country before the Constitution. There was, like, what, like a three- or four-year gap yeah, that, there's a confederation of states. Confederation of states. And it might have been even longer than that. And my the the thing I really like is the Declaration of Independence. The ultimate breakup letter. The, oh, not, dude, not only the ultimate breakup letter. It's, not, it's not us, it's you. But believe it or not, like, dude, how, how Dave Smith broke this down, it was great. It's like uh, Thomas Jefferson in it, he says, we hold these truths self-evident that all men are created equal. And like when you actually like translate that into plain lingu- plain English, it's like this is true because we're saying it's true. And that's the only reason. <laughs> like we're not going to appeal to logic or nothing. All, it is what it is. And yeah, we own slaves and there there's a whole discussion behind that. But at least from like from that like being ruled by this 
faraway power that's micromanaging your life and giving you just a 3% tax on tea. <laughs> and, it, you know, I, I heard actually one of the bigger things was the uh, the stamp tax, which, like, have you ever heard, like, the nitty-gritty behind why that was so bad? No. And why we got... Uh, which amendment is it? The right of search and seizure that they have to have a warrant to go through your stuff. It's one of them with a number. It's one of them with a number. I know it's below 10. Uh, <laughs> it's like 10 commandments. There's 10 amendments, something like that. Uh, there's a lot more than that. I, I know, I know, but the, the ones I kind of know good are below that. And the thing about the damn stamp act was the crown, you had to have the King's approval or the British government's approval on any of your official documents to do trade with, to uh, publish pamphlets. I don't know about pamphlets. Let me back up on that. But a lot of stuff. And you had to pay a tax for each stamp. Now, that kind of sucks within itself. The part that really sucked was British soldiers at any time could just come into your house and say, we're going to look through every single one of your papers and make sure that they have the Stamp Act. Oh, and if you're writing anything bad about the king, we'll arrest you for that too. Oh, if we find a moon... I don't know if they actually had to register their moonshine stills, but anything we see in this house that goes against our laws that we made across the ocean in England, we can then arrest you for. So, like, I actually know, I, I feel... I sympathize with conservatives whenever they say, like, oh, man, this murderer got off on a technicality because they didn't list the certain safe in the certain room that where the murder weapon was found. And like, I agree that sucks, but like the founding fathers made it that way on purpose. Cause they were like, the alternative is the government can walk anywhere in your house and look under any bed and get you for anything. No, no, no. We're making this system where they have to be extremely specific about what they're going after. And even if they see a dead body on the way there, they have to act like they did. They can't use that in court because they're breaking their their uh, the obligation to everyone. Fourth Amendment, by the way. Yeah, he Googled it. He Googles things. Well, that's why I like having a producer because I could not do this on my own. It's, it's just free flow out of this. Uh, but, like, within the Declaration of Independence, I, I really love, like, that's whenever, you know, it wasn't, it was Thomas Jefferson that wrote it, and he wrote it in a conspiracy with some other, you could call them aristocrats. I mean, most of them were the most important influential people of this continent of the time. It'd be like, I mean, to put that in the modern day, that would be almost like, imagine if Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and like a handful of others just went like, nah, we don't recognize Washington, D.C. We're breaking up the country into our own governments. Like, Probably a certain section of the population would be really happy with it, and most people would be freaking out. Yeah. When they came, like, when they did the Declaration of Independence, I think, like, 30% of the colonists still supported the crown, and they were like, what are you traitors doing to our government that pays for the roads <laughs> and all, all that other stuff? And uh, so I really want to say a very happy 4th of July. To, to all to like to that concept that it was brave and don't get me wrong I don't think hang on let me all right all right the liberal part of my brain is kind of chewing off some things now like I was about to say I don't think they're as bad as Elon Musk because he has like miners in Africa that are slaves like hey they actually had like slaves in their backyard <laughs> like at least at least Elon Musk can go away from them and not see it uh, but yeah. It's, 
all right. Then the other like real libertine part of my brain is like, but all right, I'm going to pick a kind of crappy hill to die on on this 4th of July. Bunker hill? <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> so, all right, here's my question about, let, let's, let's take like free trade, like even free trade's biggest criticism, not necessarily capitalism, but free trade, is like, what about these like miners in South Africa, not South Africa, but parts of Africa you see that are like doing blood diamonds and that are that are for the electric car parts or people in China working in like terrible sweatshops and stuff. And like one, yes, that sucks dramatically compared to our life. Compared to us and in the United States, that's awful. Also, Mexico sucks. Lots of it compared to the United States. Lot, lot of places like do. So does most of Ohio. And and hey, the uh, to the liberals, some of that's the United States government's fault for drug dealings and and bombing the hell out of places. Like I'm right there with you. But big but those places that at least get these factories, as long as they're not being forced, like to me, coerced in the sense of either a gun put to their head where they got to go work at the factory or something akin to a uh, company town. Like I really like is as free trade as the company store and like you can only buy from us with our money and and like they practically, for all intents and purposes, make you keep them in debt. It might be free trade technically, but yeah, that like I don't like that either. However, here's here's my question, and like I, I'm right there with you lefties on like the amount of oppression that that literally is right there. What if even in that oppression, it made their lives better than it was? And I'm not saying that justifies the the oppression or anything like that those people are feeling. But like, what if that? What if before then, before it was better th- than the previous alternatives? Yes, like, dude, the previous alternatives are like, all right, maybe let's say there's a company store, and let's say they sell you medicine with company dollars, which like sucks. Like I'm against. That is better than not having medicine at all. Like that is, and like uh, compared to where they were, I mean, like a, a lot of lefties really cite like the industrial revolution of like, oh, look at these toddlers dying, not toddlers, but young children, like you know. Are going to get chimney sweeps. Yeah, I mean, true. They fit, man. They get in there really good. And you can just put brooms on all side of them, shake them up and down really hard. There you go. Uh, but uh, legitimately, you know, it sucks that like what would take a man's finger would take a kid's whole arm or, you know, uh, and like a lot of kids got really de- messed up in the mines and mines and factories and stuff. However, that was literally safer than working at the farms where all of them used to work, where, like, even today, all you back-the-blue people, like, I know y'all say cops have the most dangerous job. Ranchers are much more dangerous. Like, death per capita is, like, farms and ranches are a lot higher. And also some other weird things you wouldn't think of. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) They're high. Uh, But, I mean, like, what I was getting at is, that did improve people's lives and allow them to better them. And don't get me wrong, not every kid came from a farm. There was, there are some things about that culture of like, I couldn't imagine living in a city and going to work at a factory. 
As unfortunate as it sounds, too, those kids working are actually bringing money home yeah. for their families. They had to. And and there is one argument I've heard that I'm not even sure it's the best one. But supposedly, like, where a lot of these sweatshops are in, like, China and Thailand and stuff like that, they're like, well, child prostitution sure has dropped since they can at least go work at this and not do the other thing that they were doing to bring their family money. It's like, that's awful. Happy 4th of July, everybody. (laughs) So that took way too dark of a turn. We're going to back up. Uh, Thanks, Merce, for the happy 4th of July. Hey, Declaration of Independence, great document. And uh, Side note, can I just say that not only was the content good, but how great was his handwriting? Oh, dude, immaculate. I Do you think he got, like, halfway through it and, like, botched it and had no, to start well, fall over? Like, dude, from what I understand about Thomas Jefferson, which is real armchair historian, like, I've probably read, like, a hundred pages, but each one of those pages are from a different book, like, on, on Thomas. Uh, but, you know, they say he was, like, damn near autistic or something. Like, legitimately, not us joking with ourselves, like... He had a real hard time making eye contact with people and, like, would look down at the floor and was like, I have to go retire to my room and write more notes and invent frickin' wood stoves and crap like that. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. Yeah, like, they, they say he was real mousy and really, like, damn near, like, awkward as hell to be around. But then I think he's like, I'm gonna go to my room, I'm gonna get my, my page perfectly on the desk, square with all the angles, and every single letter is gonna be perfect. Yeah, he, he was nutty about that. Then you got a guy like Samuel Adams that just shows up like, damn it, this is what we're doing. We're in. We're getting drunk and we're throwing <laughs> tea in the harbor. Yes, yes. They were, uh, and I don't know, something I think is really neat, the British government really didn't like these uh, bars that all these colonists were meeting at and passing out pamphlets to each other. Not big, thick books, easy to understand, short, simple pamphlets. And they would pass them out, and they made their own thought disease that just kind of spread from bar to bar. And So today, instead of a tavern, we got this crap that you're hearing through the internet. Instead of pamphlets, we got an even shorter, simpler version called memes. And memes are great, because memes can just hammer a point home. And sure, like, bad side of it, they can leave out context, but all right, then make a meme that makes the context and you override the first meme and it's even better. It's, uh, I love thought wars and thought viruses and stuff. It, it's so neat to just watch it manipulate. Cause I think, I almost think that is damn near as real of a physical thing as like you and me in this table. So you, you think the American revolution had to happen now? Our declaration of independence would just be a meme. Uh, I couldn't tell you what meme it would be but it'd probably be like one of the best memes. Cause I will, I, like I'll give the founders this and I got my criticisms of the, the federalist government they left behind. Uh, good for the time, but yeah, it's changed. Um, no, uh, as far as I know of, at least in the Western world, I can't think of another civilization that when like, we're starting from fresh and getting rid of everything old, except slavery because we've had that a long time and every as far as I know everyone else has too up to that point uh, and they made a go of it of like making a really constrained government which like that that's cool and hey if it wasn't for that even the 
the biggest patriotic righty or the biggest Che Guevara lefty in the United States probably wouldn't be here today. Like, all of us wouldn't be here today without that. So whatever it was, God, thank them people for doing it. Happy damn 4th of July, everybody. However, now we're going to get into what this federalist system has left behind. And uh, that is the Scrotus. Wait, hang on, I misread that. The Scotus, <laughs> Supreme Court of the United States. No, uh, nah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, and like, don't don't get me wrong. I know con- everybody on the right half of the country on a lot of these issues is like uh, celebrating with their their own type of pride flag in the air. Uh, I'm not, not talking about the U.S. flag, just their own. You know, taking victory laps would be the better way to put it. Um, but I gotta tell you, uh, let, let's let's get into actually what what happened before I take my analysis on it. So SCOTUS made some rulings. They looked at some cases, and they pretty much kicked so many things back to the state level. Uh, guns, am I right, Merce? Uh, pretty much. I, I think the case was against New York's. Uh, unconstitutional carry laws and yeah but then i saw that new york then went and banned guns in a bunch of more places anyways well, to try to even overcompensate that but new york that makes sense uh, i mean it's it's turning more that it, it's interesting i wonder how many people like throughout the covid thing were in the center of new like you know they weren't politically left or most people in this country are politically don't give a crap like they don't even pay attention to it that's something i think is actually great uh just need to get the rest of the crap away but how many of them like got turned red throughout covid like they had to start paying attention you had to start watching the news to figure out what you were allowed to do that day to figure out if you could go to certain restaurants like that so the people who could afford to and wanted to leave left and you got a real minority population there that is dwindling more and more of like, we can't leave and this is turning worse and worse if you're conservative. But I guess if like you're liberal or left and you stay there, it's getting better and better. Now we're stuck with them all in Florida. Yeah, they come down here. Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> but they, uh, so, all right, New York overcompensate for that. From what I understand, most of the states were already doing their own thing with guns. I guess this was just to challenge New York, but they got a way around it. Uh, as far as, you know, as much, as much as I like guns and stuff, that's, that's the one I don't know the most details about or have the life experience with. Uh, I mean, I do with guns, but as far as studying gun legislation. you know if you're a felon, you can legally own a cannon? You can? Yes. I found that out the other day. Just... Just, you might be able to have guns, hang but on, you can own a cannon. Hang on, what's the ATF like regulation or like what? It ha- because it's a if you it's got to be a breech loading black powder. There is none as long as it doesn't fire like a certain like a capsule or not a ca- no, uh, cartridge. Yeah, as, yeah, as long as yeah. like if you, if capsule. you like if you load like a cannonball down the like the front, a felon can own one. That's great. That's that's good news for everybody. Uh, medieval uh but whereas the gun thing i don't know a lot about there's something i have life experience with something the supreme court overruled it's their uh have they already done it merce with the epa yes they've already ruled on it and it is yeah that that really minimizes their carbon uh their authority on carbon output am i right correct and and climate change in general and their whole overreach because man 
Right. So I've told you a little bit about Thomas Sowell, right? The black guy capitalist with the awesome afro from no. from like the seventies. Oh, dude, Thomas Sowell is so awesome. Is or, afros from the seventies or both? <laughs> <laughs> but not Sowell. Thomas Soul. I'm sorry. I've read it so much more than I've said it or heard it. But it's spelled S O W. It's S O <laughs> Sound of the wind outside. <laughs> but it's spelled S O W L S O W E L L. Thomas Sowell. And so he was like a pretty hardcore socialist, like devout. And he was like, man, I, and then he went and like got a big degree and was like, I could go work in the private market, but I'm such like a good socialist. I'm gonna go work for the social security administration. And that turned him capitalist quicker <laughs> than anything. He said like within two months, he was like, Oh, this is, this isn't to help out elderly retired people. That's, I mean, that's what they say the purpose of this organization is for. He goes, that's, that's not the purpose. The purpose is to continue employing people that work for the Social Security Administration and to keep enriching themselves any way they can, whether it be higher salaries or you know, whatever. Connections, moving up a ladder. He goes, it's, it's the same as the corporate world, except it's sold differently to everybody. Like, But anyways, so he had that expansion. Then he went on to write on a bunch of... Uh, economist books, economist, we always get hung up on this word, uh, a lot of books on the economy, a lot of other things. So my experience with this, a little bit of life lesson, tying this back to the EPA, I've never really dealt with the EPA, but for a time in my life, uh, back when I was a healthy little minarchist, and a minarchist, like you believe the government should be as small as possible, what you find out is actually a very subjective way to look at this thing. But I would think back then, back like five, six years ago, you know, the government shouldn't do a lot of things. But if you should do something, it should help out ranchers and farmers, mostly because I grew up being a rancher and or a farmer. Because I'm, I'm sure like everybody in their industry can make that excuse. But I went and worked for a state agency that uh, helped agriculture people be more not be better conservationists, be better stewards of the land, quote unquote. That's how they sold it. And they said, well, we're going to help farmers be more green and we're going to take your tax money and we're going to put that to them being more green and like make the, make their carbon footprint smaller. And one of the sad things, well, one of the big things that I immediately saw at it was as much as they claimed to be doing good, when you actually met the rubber, when the rubber met the road, you just found out just this was slush money going to, to like different ranchers and farmers just to support an agenda. Uh, which I know all you like conservatives are shaking your head like, yeah, that's what it's all about. But like what a lot of, how a lot of farmers would see this program as, well, the state is coming in and giving me money to do something that's helping the environment and it'll help my production like a... Maybe you want to put up well, one of the examples was, let's say you got forty head of cattle on one hundred and twenty square acres. And I'm gonna try to make this as simple as you can, as I can. Think of a big square, and they said, well, if you put a fence in the middle of that property, like straight cut it in half, and you rotate your cows from one side to the other, so they're not essentially so they're not crapping on all the property at once they're crapping on one half of it and then the other half that'll stop the amount of nutrients that are going into the ground now the farmer hears that 
or the rancher, and he goes, hey, I'm getting fence at a discount price, and I need to rotate my cows anyways. This is a win for me. And he goes ahead and goes through with it. And it's sold to the public as, look at this great job we're doing managing this thing. This, it's still the same amount of crap hitting the ground. It is the, not only that, and I've really thought about this. You're taking them cows, you're squishing them together. And don't get me wrong, I think rotating cattle is like good for like your bottom dollar, just pure, but like conservation-wise, their crap is more contained to a smaller area all at once where if it rains, it will run off more instead of spreading to the grass, more grass and getting absorbed. Like, and, and maybe there's, hey, maybe there's scientific paper out there that's like totally debunking what I'm... So you're, so you're saying the government had a shitty policy? Uh, yeah, dude, uh, yes, literally. And that's, that is one of like 500 different things the government would fund that I would look at and they would say, well, here's why we're funding it because of reason ABC. I'd be like, okay, you're looking at ABC. What about DEFGHI? Pretty much what I just said. And they're like, oh, don't worry about that. No, 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 no. That like, look, that's the attitude. It's like, don't, you're thinking too hard. No, no, no. We're getting people money. Go along with this. And now here's how it's actually hurting that farmer worse than anybody else. And, uh, that government, someone's going to get on to me for this. I can't remember the economist. I said that word right. But he said, man, if the government wanted to help people afford housing more, they would completely get out of regulating housing. And housing prices would actually drop because they'd be much more affordable and everyone be. I never saw that more true than with these, like, cost share programs with ranchers and farmers. Because here's what happens in the economic sense. That rancher that got that fence put in, now, he can either do it himself and pay himself and and the you know for the supplies and everything or he can pay fence builders to come in and do it for them um, just pay fence builders because they don't want to work which hey whatever if there was a natural market demand if there was a normal hey ranchers are going to save up their money and pay for fencing and here's about the even flow rate that that typically happens at there's this kind of equilibrium always trying to be met between supply and demand. That kind of keeps everything in a somewhat balance. The minute the government just starts pumping fake money into like, let's just say we're going to give you all this fake money to build this fence. Well, now more farmers at once are going and buying all that fence product. More farmers are hiring these contractors. And let's say, let's say all of these contractors and all this stuff they're the greatest angels of man and they have no self-interest and they're just trying to do this for the betterment of everybody else. Let's like steel man this. Even if they're not trying to get raise their prices because they know the government's pitching in, farmers can afford it a little bit more and they're paying somebody else's money. Let's say they're not even looking at it like that. They have to devote more hours and more resources to more people than they other would, otherwise would have. And what that does is increase the demand and the supply has to like keep up with it. And that's great until you realize everyone that's in this program that is getting a two-thirds discount on their stuff, it's increasing the prices of everything because the demand is up. Well, the guy that's just making the lumber that has to make a lot more lumber now is like, well, all right, I'm going to jack the price up to, to keep my, you know, be able to grow right. The guys that are installing are like, man, we got a lot more fencing to do. We used to work steadily 30 hours a week now we're working 55 well our rate's going up so we can shrink that down to 40 just the like bare mathematics of it and, and sorry if i lost anybody 
all this crap gets more expensive. And if you're not in this club, if you're not getting things paid for by the government, you suffer the worst because you're having to just deal with the skyrocketing prices while everyone else is getting a discount. So you're encouraged to join the government to join this government program and then they got you and when they got you you have to fertilize their way it does not matter if you need that much to get your crop through or not it don't matter some guy at one part of the state decided everyone should fertilize this way and from firsthand experience when you're telling a citrus grower and a palm tree grower and a cattle raiser that they all have to fertilize their pastures the exact same way as each other, it comes off the rails. Just doing it in one part of Florida versus another part of Florida is so... Agriculture aside, I feel like that analogy mm. can be compared to any oh, industry government. That's it. That, yeah. That's what I just described for agriculture on the state level, not the federal level. That's a state. Yeah. It's in every industry. It's, it's like a... a octopus with tentacles that just goes out into and like jacks up the prices on non i think given like trying to steel man them it's not intentional i think it's like oh we're trying we're trying to do a good thing while their thumbs up their ass and but it ends up micromanaging and exacerbating micromanaging everybody's work and exacerbating the prices of everything and as bad as all that is you know the part that I like, and I saw that working there. I like saw that with almost every project we did. With a couple, there were a couple of exceptions where I subjectively, because I don't have any authority over this money, but where I was like, I, I had someone who, like, if someone was really trying to rip us off and get a bunch of money vagrantly, yeah, you could stop that. But there was like one where I was like, this tax money went to a good purpose that will like actually help people around here. But like, besides that, there's like 99 where I'm like, Oh, this is just making everything worse for everybody. And as much as that infuriated me, the part that made me red was the actual people, you know, there's like the stereotype and I don't like stereotypes that everybody that works for the government is a lot more lazy and a lot more crooked than someone in the private market. And the thing that sucks about that is the people I worked around that were like on the bottom levels of like, like a local agriculture agent that just, it's his job to get tax money and help the farmers strategize things. One of the smartest guys I ever met, like not, not book smart. I mean, he was, but common sense smart. Like, Oh, you're farming in this part of Florida, this crop. Well, you could try these couple of different things, not just one shoebox fits all, which most of them just read a book and go do this. Like tell the farmer to do this and the farmer, you're like, Oh, they don't know nothing. Uh, it is the people that know that stuff tend to stay on the bottom and the people that just know how to kiss ass, and I'm sure this is true like in certain parts of the corporate world, people that just know how to kiss ass and make the right connections and that don't know nothing about nothing rise all the way to the top. That's like anywhere. Like look at most managers or anywhere. You're usually terrible, and the people under them usually know more and do more in the first place. And here's, here's the big difference between that. If a manager is crappy in the private market, they might ruin that business. That business, they might hurt like really bad, which sucks. Like I don't, it sucks to work under that manager. It sucks to be the manager of that manager. If you're one of those, you, you know, that's, a, that's like a big kink in a chain. 
that business messes up, then that business goes under. Maybe affects a couple businesses around it and some, some customers and stuff. If a government screws up, that affects everybody they govern. And they just print more money. Yeah, they just print more money. And, like, it is... Oh, it's going off. And, and you know, I know there's, like, a certain... I don't know if it's a segment of my audience, but there's certain people I've just talked about in polite conversation, and I don't know how they do this, but there was one guy in particular at a party, an older gentleman, a boomer, and he, how did he put it? He was sitting down, he was talking to somebody I knew, and he said, yeah, you know, these prices are, th- this about like a month ago, and he goes, these prices are just going through the roof. It just wasn't for the greed from all these corp- these corporations just ruining everything. And like I had to 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 pipe the autism down as deep as I could and bury it within my chest. Just but internal screaming. Yes, but and I just very calmly I was like, you know, I read this report from I believe like uh, it wasn't the Wall Street Journal, but it wasn't really like a right wing rag. Like, like it wasn't the Daily Wire. It wasn't any of that. Which the Babylon Bee. <laughs> <laughs> but it was something like forty percent of all U.S. currency that has ever been printed, or maybe it was, let's have steel man. It let's say it was twenty percent of all U.S. currency that has ever been printed was in like the past two to three years or something yeah, like I think that. It's actually a higher percentage. I I really think it is, uh, but just for the devil's sake, I'm going to argue that it's like that doesn't have anything to do with the higher prices and that that's all i said a little bit more calmly than i just did he goes and the guy with a straight face goes well i mean yeah that's a part of it but i mean obviously it's the corporations like just get and don't get me wrong i don't sit here and think that corporations are like benevolent overlords that are just making everything better i'll take your word for it they're greedy they're trying to make more money like here's my argument why in 2002 were were they less greedy then than they are today? Is that why they left lower prices? Because they didn't want, they couldn't extort the American people? Like they just didn't want no, to? Enron was a thing then. Yeah, Enron and like... It, no, like they, they get as much profit as they can given the current circumstances. And the current circumstances, don't you know, some of it... Uh, a lot of it's dictated. I'm, I'm not going to minimize it. A lot of it is dictated by uh, circum, just pure luck, coincidence, circumstance, the reality unfolding around us. But a hell of a lot of it is if they don't follow certain rules, they'll get thrown in a cage with the worst of society that the government sets. And it's like, oh, so they have to play within that box or pay off enough people for that box to make their own rules and flex to it. And it's like, oh, even if they were benevolent and not chasing a product, like, like not chasing a profit, like you, I don't, I, I, I do say it was a boomer I'm, I was talking to. And I, I do talk to left wingers who are not that narrow minded, but like, goodness gracious, there's a lot of those narrow minded people on, on both sides. Don't get me wrong, but man, it is, It's crazy to see the reality of the past three years and like when the cops were stopping people from going to church. I don't really go to church anymore, but I'm like, oh no, that's a rule that is like number one that they they can't do. And and rule number one, you can't you can't mess with people going to that thing. You can encourage them not to, you can whatever, but whoo, that was a nutty turn. Maybe walk that back. I don't even know if they can even encourage churches to do something as, as it would have been interpreted back in the day. Uh, 
But anyways, that's my rant on the EPA and all those agencies. You know, that the if you are an environmentalist and you let's say you actually care about carbon emissions and all this stuff, I think it would behoove you to be happy that the government is not in charge of it anymore. Because I guarantee you, all it turned into was whoever had the most money and could pay them could make the biggest carbon footprint in the world, and they did not care. That's that's what a lot of... You can buy carbon credits and sell them. It's literally a tax on poorer people. Because it's like, oh no, you can't pollute because you can't pay us. But these bigger guys, knock yourself out. Oh, by the way, if you're like a city in the U.S., yeah, you can like dump all the raw sewage off the coast that you want or anywhere. Dump it, fine, whatever. You got the government backing you up. Uh, so y'all should be... I, if I was an environmentalist, I believe the U.S. government might be like... If it's not the first, it's the second or third largest polluter in the world. Just from like the military industrial complex alone. Along with a lot of other stuff. But anyways... Backing out of that EPA argument, the other thing that uh, the SCOTUS ruled on was Roe versus Wade. I'm sure no one's heard about this for the past two weeks with people screaming their heads off. Either, You know, this is one of those things that it's sad because I see, I genuinely see good arguments on both sides and I genuinely see jackass blowhards on both sides like both i i would say the pro-life side i believe is and don't hit me with your high heels or you're still literally tiptoeing through a i I, I am i am naturally inclined to say that is more noble to have a pro-life attitude the part of my brain though is like i I actually lean pro-choice because i don't want the government involved in stuff so that's like that's my natural kind of home. Like, yeah. Now, here's the thing. The pro-life people that are like making victory laps, it's like, this is kicked back to the states. You haven't totally won, but like, y'all are just fanning fuel to these lefties who have now, and don't get me wrong, some of this stuff I'm kind of have like gun control's a little knocked back, EPA is a little knocked back. But some of these people got some good points. However, you lefties, some of y'all are god-awful and terrifying. Like, I'm seeing memes of, like, uh, Christians that are, like, legitimately saying, like, I'll adopt the baby, like, right now. And, like, then they're being made fun of on the left of, like, ooh, how could these people adopt babies? Like, man, to the centrist, you're you're making fun of somebody that's adopting a baby. <laughs> like, that's... A, I got biological kids, and I would never adopt a kid. Like, uh-uh, they, these things are tethered to me through DNA. Uh, yeah, you can't return them. No. And like, and all it's, all it's done is kick this back. And I'm, I'm seeing a lot of, and, and the reason I'm, I'm using the terms pro-life and pro-choice is because I don't even think this is a left or a right thing. I mean, there are left-wing Catholics who are like, no, I don't want my money going to this. At base value, I just like that it's, not federal, and it's been knocked to the states. That, that's my that's thing. My yeah. And that way, literally California, you can have more liberal abortion laws than I believe most of Europe and the UK from the graphic I was reading. Uh, I'll try to share it on Twitter and Instagram. But, uh, and, 
Oklahoma, now Oklahoma took the initiative and was like, we're outlawing all of it except for like two little cases. <laughs> and I was like, woo, Oklahoma. But like, here's. Well, they're so underpopulated. <laughs> and here's my thing I think the logical argument that pro lifers have, and even though I am like legally pro choice, I'm, I'm legally, let your local community handle it. Honestly, and and I think that's the best way to sort it out. But, like, where does life begin? And I think that wherever you put the line at, the only thing I've heard that is not arbitrary is that it begins, like, right after, like, two days after conception, pretty much, whenever, like, the actual sperm cell meets the damn uh, egg. And the only reason why is because any argument I've heard beyond that, I could find a loophole in it. I could find something that breaks that logic. Like, I hear a lot of people say, like, oh, it's not even human at three weeks or whatever. It's like, why three weeks? Why not three weeks in one day? Why not two weeks and six days? Why? And is it that same thing with every single baby? And another argument I've heard from the pro-choicers, and, like, I'm naturally kind of, like, let someone do what they will and let the consequences fall on them. But it's like, all right, well, whenever, uh, and a lot of them say like, well, all right, when it comes out of the womb, like when it can survive on its own outside of the womb, that, that counts as a person right then. And I'm like, I can barely survive on my own. <laughs> true. <laughs> he, he's hardly got walking down. Uh, but so something they hit on was like, uh, yeah, you know, if you can't survive outside of the womb, it, it's not a full-fledged human. It's like, all right, cool. But as technology improves, we can actually save younger and younger babies so it's like oh so in 1920 that wasn't a person but today it's a person i don't think a lot of lefties like that kind of logic uh so really and i don't even to me it's almost too like personally it's too extreme to consider it's like as soon as those cells meet it's a person but it's like that's the only logical consistent thing i've heard now pro-lifers are going to throw stones as terrible as that is, I still think that's like, it's better off without the government fiddling with it. But hey, back to federalism. If Oklahoma wants to outlaw it, let them. If California wants to legalize it, like it's much easier to flee to a different state for what you want than it is to a different country. Mm. I, I, I think that argument against centralization just holds up so damn well. Um, one last like little argument. And again, I'm in this like weird gray zone on this. I'm not going to die on any of these hills in this, in, in this realm of debate. However, if someone was like devoutly Catholic or some other religion that is like very, they believe this is murder. Like they religiously believe it's murder. I think it's pretty messed up to take their money against their will and give it to people they believe are murdering. Just like, in another case, same principle, if there was a vegan that I think is a little nutty that believes baby, you know, chicken nuggets are absolutely murder, count just as murder as murdering a full-grown human, like, I think that belief's a little nutty. However, I'd hate to take that person's money against their will to kill, like, that's the difference. We shouldn't, you shouldn't. No comment. Yeah, <laughs> 
What do you What do you have against chickens? Delicious. <laughs> I, I, yeah. What do you have against them? Oh, I want give Give me money to eat chickens. Yeah, I think you have to give money to eat chickens. Now, <laughs> government gives me money to eat chickens. It's a win. Uh, I don't know where that's going, but I think I like it. Just for the record, if anybody wants to know where Merce lies on the political compass, I'm pretty sure it is anywhere at any different time as long as it benefits him. So he's just chaotic neutral on all of that. I, I swing somewhere in the anti-authoritarian end, uh, depending on the hour, depending on the day. Um, so here's why I wanted to bring all this up in a lot of, in a little bit of excruciating detail and spin my arms on it. Like backing up and looking at this in a real meta sense, all these rulings happening at once, and it's like helping conservatives, helping conservatives, helping conservatives. And agreed, it, it is in certain instances, unlike like what Merce said with like New York flipping the script, going, we're going to go more strict in certain areas. You know, man, I'm not saying this is the case. But if I was some kind of agency or group that was trying to control as many people as I could, and uh, the by the way, I'm not specifically hating on the Democrats with what I'm about to say. Throw the Republicans in the same group. But culturally-wise, if I wanted to control this big group of people and get more of my people elected, especially after all those people in that group, the, the Democrats, and a lot of the Republicans championed COVID and got such a sour taste in so many Americans' mouths... How could I turn that Man, around? Most Americans couldn't taste anything, though. True. True. Merce had it. Uh, I don't know if I ever had it. Don't care. Um, but after all that, how could you get everybody like back on your on their side? Oh, these Supreme Court justices dropped these three rulings that show that conservatives are like doing something. Man, that's going to make a lot of issue single issue voters like pro choicers or super pro government and env environmentalism or anti gun man if any of that covid stuff scared them away from the democratic party this just sucked them right back to it and this election season I'm interested to watch just to see how much of the... And don't get me wrong. It's not like if I sit there and watch everybody vote Republican after this, I'm going to be like, oh, joy. It's like, no, 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 it's still... That their plan just probably didn't go exactly according to how they wanted. But I'm certain they have fail-safes. Hypothetically, if any of this is true. Uh, if, I, if I was playing like a, uh, a game on how I could keep influence and power in this, that's how I would do it. I think no matter how it goes, we're screwed. Yeah, as long as... And you know, like, God bless all these conservative pundits that are calling out Biden for his reckless spending and all that. Like, I'm right there with you. It's like, God, y'all were quiet under Trump. And I like a lot of things that Trump did, but it, it, it doesn't even matter if it's left wing or right wing. The spending continues to go... Like, I guarantee you, even if the next person is a Republican and they lower the spending of what Biden just did, it's still going to be like so much higher than Trump's. Like this is still a car that has to keep the acceleration going or else it goes off the rails. Somebody's got to take the government's credit card away. And it's, it's, that's why we're getting this inflation. And the people that I listened to, yeah, they were screaming it like 12 years ago or whatever. It was happening any day now, but man, 
Paul Krugman, who got a Nobel Prize for economics, and I'm, I'm not going to go too, too nutty in it. Pretty much this guy's solution for everything was the government should spend more money and it'll make everything better. And he, surprisingly, the Nobel Prize Association's like, that's genius. Here's a prize. You're, you're authentic. You're official. And, uh, yeah, he finally said like, oops, that might've not worked out like a planned. And meanwhile, all the people in the free trade Austrian department are like, this thing's about to come off the rails. And when it does, it's going to be harder than it ever has. And I'm not a, I'm not a total doom and gloomer. Cause I mean, Hey, the fall of the, the peaceful fall. I can't stress any of this enough. All this, I want it to be peaceful. I don't want nobody to do nothing stupid that gets them hurt, but the fall of what was closest to a federal system, the USSR, as far as a centralized authority. I mean, turning around, people's lives are still kind of crappy over there, but they're better than they were. Uh, in a lot of regions, not in others. I'm convinced, like, 100 years from now, basically our entire lifetime is just going to be taught in a history book. It's just going to be like a series of events. Man, it it is stacking up. But, you know, there was another time that was a lot like this. Did, did I ever tell you about uh, the 70s and Nixon coming on the, the television? And you can you can look this up on YouTube. This when me- he lied? No, 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 not when he lied. Like, this was so... Oh, man, I might have my year wrong. It's not... No, he's president at this point, but it's before any of his really big scandals, and there are riots, like, all over the country between... Whether it's segregation or strikes or a whole like a whole bunch of or integration or strikes a whole bunch of stuff is going down uh, communists like weather underground and whole and he comes on the tv and he pretty much says i, I know i'm gonna mess the number up a little bit because i haven't thought about this in a long time but nixon says like listen my fellow americans i know this is like a tough spot that we're that we're in these <clears throat> these rough times we're trying to get out of them i know it's september and we've already had over 250 domestic bombings. And we're going to like try it. I'm like, it was September and y'all had 250. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not like World Trade Center site, but it's like people blowing up banks and people blowing, like trying to blow up police stations and stuff. And it's like, why don't we hear about this more often? Like when we think of the seventies growing up, it was like, Oh, that's like after the free love and stuff. It's like, no, that's when people are really pissed off and bad stuff's happening. So like things are crazy right now, but I, it's almost like the movie, no country for old men. Ever seen it? Yes. One of the big, like Tommy Lee Jones throughout the whole movie is like, Man, the times are just getting worse, and they ain't like they used to. My daddy never even carried a gun as a sheriff. A lot of kind of boomer thoughts. Heads or tails. So good. So, oh, God, man, I could I could do an hour on that, but I'm not. But, you know, like, it used to be bad, too. Yeah. Like, it used to be Spanish conquistadors stabbing and sneezing on everybody in sight. And even take out, like, the colonialism of the third world. Just look at Europe before colonialism. They're all stabbing each other. And look at... You, you can even look at, like, third world, like, uh, Middle East history. And it is wild how many revolutions they have. Like, you know, the Protestant Reformation, how Martin Luther hammers some notes on a church door and is like, hey... I don't like this whole Catholic Pope thing. Yeah. Uh, like, it's crazy. In the third world, in the Middle East, like, Islam had the same thing like three or four times. It's like someone going, hey, 
what if Allah isn't all right about all this stuff? And they're all like, kill him. <laughs> and, and they do. But then like kind of the people that are questioning that stuff end up taking power in some part of it. And everything gets super liberal thanks to this philosophy from, or this influence from these Greek philosophers. And they reign for like a hundred years and all these religious rednecks were like, uh-uh, get them and the cycle flips again. Uh, anyways, these may seem like dark times. And it's they, been darker is what you're saying? It's been darker and it's been so much darker in human history and terrible, horrible things have happened to great people that didn't deserve it because that's like the chaos of it. But... Like Dale Earnhardt. Yeah. Should have made another left, Dale. <laughs> uh, but it will get better. I mean, immeasurably. Like, we're... <laughs> We're sitting in a trailer out in a pasture that, like, a hundred years ago, we've been a wood cabin with dirt floor. Yeah, maybe close to that a hundred years ago in the 1920s around these parts. Before air conditioning. Before air before mosquito control, before all of it. So thank you, Modern Times, for making me a American in this part. That's very nice. Happy Fourth of July. Happy Fourth of July, everybody. Well, happy Fourth of July to everybody, except for... Except for one commie in particular, and don't get me wrong, there's there are some there are some commie. They're asp- dead than red. Yeah, okay, calm down, Liberty Prime. Uh, but there, so I was one communist in particular is Richard Wolf. Now let me say this about Richard Wolf first and foremost, like the compliments that well, the guy is like a renowned uh, communist philosopher that's got all these different degrees. My lefty friends have shared him with me at times, and at times he says some like really nice things, like. The difference between the communist and the liberal is that the liberal wants to just improve the life of the slave and the communist wants to get rid of slavery altogether. I'm like, oh, that's a neat thought. It's too bad every time y'all have tried it, everyone runs out of food. But please explain, like, explain to me how, like, uh, maybe I have been propagandized against. Maybe I have. Like, Richard Wolff, please explain to me the error in my thinking. The What's, what's wrong with this line of thinking? And... So Richard Wolf was on a podcast called the Lex Freeman podcast. If y'all have never heard of him, he's been on Joe Rogan. The guy is like a professor at MIT of of nanotechnology, and like he is, he's a human robot pretty much, and damn near has the personality of it. But he does some good interviews, and he'll he he's pretty fair to a capitalist as he is a communist, and kind of calls himself a, a centrist. So I'm like, all right, I'll check it out. We got we got Richard Wolf for three hours. Richard, I'm on a tractor. Explain to me the part of communism I don't understand. And I made it to like an hour and 45 minutes. And it was so much of imprecise, just generalities. And no, no hardcore, like, what did he say? Like, that was things that were just a given. Like, well, in all aspects of of life, you find these um, artificial hierarchies that are unjustified and Lex Friedman is a really nice interviewer never like doesn't with anybody he doesn't really sit there and haggle him he gives them their fair shake but I'm like what if two people own a business 50 and 50 where's the hierarchy like they both have to agree to get something done and there's there's so many cases where it's like does a business owner like yes he has a hierarchy above the people that work for him but does the customer have a higher 
hierarchy than that business owner that the business owner is trying to make money. Like what so much of this is like not a one way street at all. And it's very, and he hardly ever gets down into the nuts and bolts of it. So a lot of it just really pissed me off for an hour and 45 <laughs> minutes on it. Cause it's like, I'm trying to understand you people make it easier, <laughs> make, make it more precise. I, I want, I want to see some flaw in my thinking. I like being proven wrong. However, my lefty friend that I wanted to listen to this, this is like a shout out. He did say one thing that I kind of caught that it kind of made me look at communism a little bit differently. And Richard Wolff said, you know, something that drives me crazy about Americans is when I ask them what socialism is, they say, oh, it's the post office. Which honestly, that'd be like my answer too. If you want me to be like, yeah, that's socialism. He goes, there's still a hierarchy of like a man that's bossing you around that you have no say in. Like there's still this structure of a boss ordering everyone around and getting a higher salary. It's unjustified. And he said, my version of communism is not a government. It's a relationship. He said, like a perfect example of communism would be if a small business was started instead of one guy saying, I started it and I'm making all the profits. He says, every new person I hire that qualifies or, you know, with some benefit, they will get an equal share or an appropriate share of all the profits. And I was like, Oh, you mean like like how Publix does with its employees that it gives benefits and shops, uh, stocks and shares of the company to? Like, uh, you know that. But you know, if that is a communism that people are advocating for, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm fully on board with it. I'm not like I'm not going to go start my business tomorrow and say any newbie I hire, you know, whatever they get an equal share because. I got risk in this, as does the worker, but I do too. Um, it at least, it, it was a nice sensation to hear a damn commie say something in a sense where I was like, I can at least relate to that. Like, if you want to go off and do that by yourself with your own company, like, hope it works. Let's let's take a gander at you this. You be the first. Yes. <laughs> and... But good God, man, for being... Uh, like, and he, the guy brags about it like, well, I have like eight different degrees from all these different universities. And I've spent my entire life in universities figuring out how communism works. And it's like, oh, you have no real world experience. <laughs> like you, ah. You figured out, you figured out how it works, but yeah. no one's ever made it work. Yes. And, and here's the thing. I think it could work on like a, you could say a nuclear family is damn near a form of communal living. Like, it's like we're all just kind of sharing and dip, although there is one guy with a say or one woman with a say, like the mom or dad or split the decision making. Uh, that's the closest. I think you could have a lot of different systems we don't think are possible if you don't force it on everybody. Like, that's the ticker. And if, right. you're, and if you're one of these commies that is like, no, I'm not trying to force it on everybody. I'm just trying to get rid of money. It's like you're forcing that on everybody if you try to get rid of money. But, all right, this was a lot for a serious episode. So I want to I wanna end the show this wonderful 4th of July celebrating a lone true Scotsman. And his name is Count Tankula. I've brought him up on the podcast. He's a silly YouTuber from Scotland that tells funny stories that tend to be true. Uh, but he had a, a brilliant insight on Twitter. I don't even know it was brilliant. It was just silly. He... Uh, he took a cropped photo of a Supreme Court justice, superimposed his head 
on top of it to make it look like he is in a legitimate picture of him wearing like a judge's robe and changed his name to on Twitter to Justice Dankula. And he started letting out some tweets. And now here's the thing. If you know if if you know who he is or if you know any trolls or internet humor at all, you know it's just funny. But like a, a good example of this is uh to, he said he tweeted, Today is a very solemn moment for the United States. He's impersonating a Supreme Court justice, by the way, having laughed, if I didn't make that clear enough. He says, he goes on to say, the Supreme Court expressly took away a constitutional right from the American people that it has already recognized. They simply took it away. That's never been done to a right that is so important to so many Americans. So he's just trying out. It's one thing to sit there and make posts like that. Look it up on YouTube. There are compilations of people reacting to the Scottish man who's just say like he said uh, at one point, he's going to outlaw the itty bitty titty committee. And I bet he gets like 75 replies of like, it is so improper of a judge of the Supreme court to be like this on Twitter. And let, and I I saw that. And it's at that moment, I realized how dumb a lot of people are. Yeah. And that commercial with, uh, who's the guy that's negative about everything. And when the founding fathers are signing the declaration of, Oh, He's bald, gray hair. He made Seinfeld. Uh, we can't remember his name. We're bad at stuff like that. But he's like, even the stupid ones? And <laughs> I honestly think the founding fathers would be like, well, the stupid ones ain't going to own land and slaves. So no, <laughs> not all of them. Hey, by the way, on that note, you know, like. Lawrence David. Yes. Th- no. Larry David. Larry David. That's it. That's it. His, his real name versus Lawrence. Yeah. Hey. It goes by Larry. By the way, did you ever hear about what old Ben Franklin said about slavery, like at the Constitution, or at the at the meeting? I mean, yeah. What, what got recorded, or what he yeah. probably actually said? <laughs> well, at least what what got recorded. I'm doing a little bit of ad libbing, but he's kind of on the spot of like, yeah, we're gonna set all the slaves free, right? And they're like, what? <laughs> no, what are you smoking there, Ben? And he's like. Oh, well, you just said that all men are created equal. And, you know, we're totally like being hypocrites by writing that. Right. And they're like, they're, you know, you know what we meant. <laughs> they're, they're not people, Ben. Shut up. <laughs> and, and hey, and as terrible as and I'm going to sound like, like a real crap person, but as bad as it was, you know, I hate, I hate the excuse that it was tried everywhere. Like it was, it, it was already practiced everywhere at that time. Cause man, if like human sacrifice is practiced everywhere at that time, so does it make human sacrifice any less terrible. Uh, however, like just given what they had at the time, like they didn't have DNA processing. They didn't have like all this knowledge we have now that we just take for granted. They're like, Oh, I'm sick. Let me cut blood out and drain it in a pan. I need a bucket of leeches. Yeah, and Ben Franklin's like the only one that did shrooms enough that was like, I think those are people. (laughs) And they're like, no, no, Ben, no, 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 no. Ben's crazy. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, there were like, like, I think George Washington said the slaves free and stuff like that. And uh, Yeah, that's a sticky subject. I'm trying to skirt around, but I'm not doing a very good job of it. But bring y'all some humor. It's Independence Day. It's Independence Day. But hey, I'll tell you one thing. I'm... Sure shit happy. We can all share up with these people in the land of the free and uh, scare the hell out of some dogs tonight. So happy 4th of July, everybody, and y'all enjoy it.